Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. with uh, Professor Michael J. Sandel, who teaches political philosophy at Harvard University. His books, What Money Can't Buy, The Moral Limits of Markets, and Justice, What's the Right Thing to Do, were international bestsellers and have been translated into 27 languages. Sandel's legendary course, Justice, was the first Harvard course to be made freely available online and on television and has been viewed by tens of millions of people. We're here to talk today about the tyranny of merit, what's become of the common good. Thank you for taking time to talk. My pleasure. Good to be with you. So you write about the social obsession with uh, credentialism and the judgment that people feel to be well-credentialed. You write about how credentialism has become the last acceptable prejudice. What happens to people when, when they feel demoralized, when the recommended way to rise is to receive a higher education and yet due to wealth disparities, they simply cannot? What becomes of the demoralization that it is their fault? And why should this matter for all of us? Right. Well, it matters for all of us because our civic life isn't going very well. And one of the reasons it isn't has to do with the divide between winners and losers that has deepened in recent decades, poisoning our politics, pulling us apart. Now, this divide, I think, is partly about deepening inequalities of income and wealth, but not only about that. It has also to do, I think, with changing attitudes toward success and failure. Those who've landed on top have come to believe that their success is their own doing, the measure of their merit, and by implication, that those who fall behind, those who struggle, must deserve their fate as well. This gives rise to kind of hubris among the winners, the tendency of the successful to inhale too deeply of their success, but also to look down on those who are less successful. And I think this looking down by the, the, the credentialed professional classes on working people has created a lot of the anger and resentment that we see that, that created the populist backlash in 2016 in the US and also in many other places around the world. So, so this would not only require major economic, political changes, um, socially and educationally, it would require us to rethink success itself. We know what vain, even toxic measures of success looks like in American life. You, you write about them extensively in the book and how it leads to individualistic, meritocratic hubris and, that divides us. And we see what that looks like today in America. What might you offer as an alternative, more humble model of success for American culture today? What are the implications for our democracy and the common good if we can or cannot revive these civic virtues that has a more holistic sense of, of success? Right. 
Well, it's, um, the book is largely about merit, and the title of the book, The Tyranny of Merit, may seem paradoxical because we think of merit as a good thing, as an ideal to aim at. We want people who are well-qualified to fill important jobs and social positions. If, if I need someone to perform surgery on me or on a loved one, I want a well-qualified surgeon to perform it. So how has merit become a tyranny? It's because, as you pointed out, Rabbi, that we have basically made a college education a necessary condition for dignified work and for social recognition and esteem. This is the credentialism that I worry about. And what gives rise to the tyranny of merit is the tendency to assume that the money people make is the measure of their contribution to the common good. But this is a mistake we're discovering with the recent pandemic, how deeply we rely on workers we often overlook. Those of us who have the luxury of working from home rely not only on the hospital workers who care for COVID patients, I'm thinking of delivery workers, warehouse workers, grocery store clerks, home health care providers, child care providers. These are not the best paid or most honored workers in our society, but now we're calling them essential workers. And so I think we need to have a public debate about how to reconfigure our economy in a way that accords greater pay and recognition to these workers more in proportion to the importance of the actual contributions they make to our economy and to our society. And just as you say, this would require um, a serious rethinking of the dignity of work and how to honor it in the way we organize our economy. Yes, and, I, and as I know you've spoken about during this pandemic, we see this more than ever with the essential workers and actually who we rely upon to, to survive, literally. So yeah. how, do, how do, we, do you see there are any risks and how do we mitigate any risks around um, that as, as we avoid elitism, right. not falling into some kind of dangerous populism from any, at any extreme yeah. end of the political spectrum where we do away with critical thought? Yeah. Well, we have seen a kind of populism, even an authoritarian populism, becoming prominent, not only in American politics, but in the politics of many democratic societies around the world. And I think one of the primary causes of this populist, populist backlash against elites is the widespread sense among, among many working people that they are being looked down upon by the professional classes, the meritocratic elites. So what I think we need to shift is the following. We have dealt, the mainstream parties, have dealt with the deepening inequality of recent decades, not directly, but indirectly, telling people if you want to compete and win in the global economy, go to college. Now, I'm all for encouraging people to go to college. I've spent my career in higher education. But as a response to inequality, I think it's inadequate to tell people, 
go get a college degree, then maybe you too can rise as an individual out of stagnant wages and limited job prospects. That may help a few people, but we can easily forget that most people don't have a four-year college degree. Nearly two-thirds of Americans don't. So it's folly to create an economy that makes a college degree a necessary condition for a decent life. I think the only way we're going to respond effectively to the anger, to the resentment, to the sense of grievance, even humiliation of a great many working people, which feeds the populist backlash, is for the mainstream parties to take seriously the dignity of work, to focus less on equipping people, arming people for meritocratic combat, and to focus more on making life better and more dignified for the vast majority of people who may not have uh, a, a prestigious university degree, but who nonetheless make important contributions to the common good through the work they do, the families they raise, and the communities they serve. Beautiful. So just one last question for you. We appreciate your time so much. You know, so many of the themes that you, you, you work on and certainly that you write about in this important book um, around dignity and, um, uh, and the common good and, 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 so many, and so many others, that they're, they're, they're so related to what I teach about in Jewish ethics in a, in, a, in a very different format. And I wonder on a personal level, how has your Jewish identity or your Jewish values in any way influenced how you think about such issues in your scholarship? I'm sure it has in all sorts of ways, not all of which I might even be able to identify myself. I, I uh, grew up uh, outside Minneapolis, Minnesota. I attended the Talmud Torah of, in St. Louis Park for five years um, as, as a child leading up to my bar mitzvah. Then my family moved to California. And um, I've continued really uh, to try by no means as an expert or as a scholar, but to keep up with, to continue some Jewish learning, even as I've taught and written about moral and political philosophy. So I, I think it's hard precisely to connect this experience, this tradition, this learning with the themes of the book, but I would say this, um, that one of the antidotes to the credentialism, to the meritocratic hubris that I speak about in the book, is among the successful, a certain kind of humility. The humility that comes from recognizing that our success is not wholly our own doing, that we are not fully self-made, uh, self-creating uh, beings, but we are indebted to luck, to fortune, to family, to community, to country, to the times in which we live. We are indebted for whatever success we're able to achieve. This humility uh, about success, I think, is the first step toward healing our public life. It's, it's a step away from the harsh ethic of success that has driven us apart. And it le at least it can gesture toward a greater sense of responsibility for the common good. And I'm hoping 
that through the book, by identifying the dark side of meritocracy, what I call the tyranny of merit, I can at least contribute in a small way to prompting the sense of rethinking meritocratic hubris, the, uh, winning, winning our way toward a kind of humility that I think is the civic virtue we need now to point us to a less rancorous, more generous public life. Friends, we all, we all have lots of evils out there we can point to, but here we can also challenge ourselves as well. And I think we feel the challenge here towards our own humility and our own reflection around the American culture that we're a part of. I can't recommend highly enough checking out the tyranny of merit, what's become of the common good. Professor Sandel, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you so much.